Welcome to the Dayton Women in the Word podcast. Our ministry's simple goal is to help women read their Bibles. In this season, we are asking God to break every barrier to the treasures He has for us in His Word. With each guest, we will investigate what tends to keep us from the Word of God, whether rooted in our upbringing, season of life, culture, environment, personality, or in our very own mind. As you listen, examine your own life and be encouraged. God is greater than all the barriers, and He will stop at nothing to bring us near. Hey sisters, we want you to know our team is praying for you during this difficult time for our world. God wants to meet you and draw you close today, wherever you are and whatever you are doing. Lean into him for strength and keep standing upon his word. We will be posting extra encouragement in the coming weeks on our social media channels and blog. In addition, we invite you to revisit our previous podcast seasons to hear wisdom from many godly women. We also want to hear how God is moving in your own heart throughout the coronavirus epidemic. If you have a testimony to share on our blog or social media outlets, please email us at DaytonWomenInTheWord at gmail.com. Well, welcome back to the Date Room on the Word podcast. I am your host, Bethany. And as a reminder, we are in season eight of the podcast where we are talking about the different barriers that we might encounter when approaching God's word. Um, so today I am here in the studio with my friend, Sally. So Sally, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Hello. Um, it's lovely to be with you. It's great. Um, and yes, my name is Sally Breen, and as you can probably begin to tell, <laughs> I'm not from uh, Dayton, Ohio. <laughs> I live in Dayton, Ohio now, but um, I was originally born in England, and I lived there for 45 years, um, give or take. And um, 16 years ago, my husband and I, Mike, moved to the States to take up a call to bring uh, discipleship and mission to the American church, which sounds very grand, uh, but that, I mean, that's it in a nutshell. It was yeah. actually more complicated mm-hmm. than that, but that's sort of a brief version. <laughs> um, the other things that I would want to know about me if I was listening would be um, how old I am, uh, how many children do I have. So I am 61 years old. I have, um, or we have, three children mm-hmm. um, who are... Uh, Becky, Libby, and Sam, and they all have children. Oh, wow. So I am the proud. I'm, <laughs> I'm not called grandmother. I'm called Jolly. That's the name that they call me. So I am. <laughs> That's the, a great name. I am the Jolly. I am Jolly to five um, adorable grandchildren. That's and uh, two of them now live in Dayton, which is fantastic. One lives in uh, Atlanta okay. with our son and daughter-in-law. And he's a pastor. And then um, the others now live in England. Okay. So they wow. moved back this last summer. Wow. So, yeah. So we're used to being 
close together and far apart. Mm-hmm. That's basically us. Yeah. So we know that you, you know, you just mentioned that you're a jolly and um, you've had some transition over the past couple of decades. So what so does your... Just a bit. <laughs> just a few transitions over the yeah, last decade. Yeah. Well, true. <laughs> uh, so what does your current season of life um, have you doing? What kind of roles, um, either in the home, outside the home, in ministry, what does that look like? Uh, yes. Um, I laugh at the word transitions because I think life is... Well, my life in particular is just full of transitions and change. Um and we moved to Dayton, Ohio, um, almost a year ago, mm-hmm. exactly a year ago, for Mike to take up the position of, and it's a very long title, something about lead teaching, pa- I don't know, some pastor, <laughs> something to do with leadership. Um, basically, he preaches and leads the church apex. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I walk alongside him in that. Mm-hmm. I have no official capacity, but Mike and I have always led together and so I'm fully involved do lots of things um, hands-on I do some teaching I do lots of different things um, connected with that and I also run our publishing business we have a publishing business um, that I run and have been running for about two years we've had it for 10 years oh wow um, and our daughter and son-in-law, before they moved back, ran it, and then it got... Ha- I mean, I'd overseen it, mm-hmm. but then it got way more hands-on for me to do it. So, yeah. So that's what I do. Um, what else do I do? I do fun things. I meet friends for coffee. <laughs> I uh, love photography and interior design. Um, so, yeah, they're the things. Gardening, they're the things that keep me busy. So what would you say, you know, as you look at what your current season of life holds, what would you say might be some things that have um, presented themselves as barriers to your own personal study of the word? And how might that look differently from, you know, earlier seasons of your life? Yeah, I think (coughs) studying the word is something that has always been really central to me Mm. um i became a christian when i was a little tiny girl uh, before i could read um when i was about three years old at sunday school church with the children's workers so thank you to all the children's workers um because my parents weren't christian so i wouldn't have known Mm. christ without Mm -hmm. them um and then i made a teenage commitment when i was about 15. um So I had nobody at home teaching me how to read the Bible. The Bible was never opened Mm. at home. It Mm. wasn't a common experience for me. And in England, where I grew up, um, the Bible is not taught as part of the curriculum. It's, you know. So it was basically um, other people in the youth group that discipled me, that led me, that encouraged me to read my Bible uh, daily and at other times. Mm -hmm. So they were the things that were... Uh, sort of given to me early on which Mm -hmm. have formed the basis of my spiritual life and walk now Mm -hmm. because often those first things are the things that you carry with you um I would say that there are always barriers to Mm -hmm. reading the bible I think it doesn't matter what age you are what circumstances you have there are always barriers and I think I probably thought when I looked back at my 20-year-old self and then my Mm 30-year-old self, that by the time I got to my 60-year-old self, I would have this vast amount of time to sit, 
for hours and mm-hmm. ponder the word and, mm-hmm. you know, and really understand it at a new depth and all that stuff. However, there's always a but, isn't there? But I think it that's a bit of an illusion. Mm-hmm. I think that you never have enough time yeah. and you never have a completely free life so that there are always barriers. So, you know, when you're young, the barriers are maybe studying or, you know, you're not in control of your own timetable, mm-hmm. but then it's having little ones that are unpredictable in when they need their mommy and, you know, all of those things. And then, you know, now we live a very uh, complex life mm-hmm. in terms of social media and internet and all that stuff. So it basically, anything can stop you. Mm-hmm. Um but at 60-something, I don't have small children living in the house, mm-hmm. so I'm more free like that. And recently this year, I've actually instituted I'm not going to do anything like emails or social mm-hmm. media before 10 o'clock okay. in the morning. Nice. Basically just to get my head around praying and looking at the Word mm-hmm. and doing some exercise and just taking the day slower. Mm-hmm. Um because I realized I can do that. Mm-hmm. I work for myself. I don't have children at home. But it's a funny thing. You know, you get into the habit of getting up and rushing and, yeah. you know, doing all those things. And then you're like, actually, I don't have to. I don't have to clean the floor or do the dishes. I can actually just sit. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think that that's one of the the biggest lies that we believe where, you know, we're always looking at whatever we assume is going to be the next thing. And, oh, that that's going to it's going to be so much easier to do X, Y, Z once I get to this next thing because my current situation is not perfect Is not perfect, and whatever. And I remember when I was in grad school talking to my advisor and he was asking me, you know, how, how was, you know, I went to a, a Christian school. And so he was like, you know, how is your time in the word? How's that going? And I was like, I mean, it could always be better. And he was like, you, you know, it's never going to get easier. Right. Uh, yes. And I was like, oh, okay, well, yeah, I suppose, because I went back to grad school when I was a little older, and I was like, well, yeah, I mean, it certainly isn't any easier than, you know, a couple years ago before I was in school, so just that reminder of, you know, how much time do we waste when we are believing the lie that the next thing is going to be that much easier? Yes, I saw a quote recently on Pinterest or somewhere like that, which is, life is what happens between, uh, your past and your future. Mm. And in a sense, it's like we all forget that actually life and the life we're living mm-hmm. is the whole point yeah. rather than the past and the future and yeah. where we're aiming for because it's ethereal. Yeah. We don't know what the future is, what the future holds. Sure. Uh, yeah. So, yes, I think, I think that over the years I've changed uh, the way I think think about spending time with the Lord Mm -hmm. so I used to think I had to just sit down quietly you know meditate on vast amounts of scripture which is not me it's never going to happen to me so I just abandoned that and my husband was really great at freeing me from that and basically I just thought I'm taking Jesus with me wherever I go Mm -hmm. I'm taking with me doing the housework I'm taking him with me when I go shopping Mm -hmm. I'm taking him with me in everything and that made it much more freeing Mm -hmm. and I didn't put myself under the law of 
the event, well, we would call the evangelical quiet time that you have Mm. to just sit there and be quiet Mm -hmm. and then God will reveal himself through scripture Mm -hmm. and through other things. So um, I've sort of now got to the place where Mike and I always open the scripture together Mm. in the morning, which is wonderful. And we do that as before the day starts. Um, So that's like a very predictable pattern. But then I have flexibility and freedom Mm -hmm. to do my own thing in my own way. Yeah. I think that that reminder of, you know, God's presence always being with us, you know, if we know him, we know that his spirit is within us. So he is like actually with us all the time. It's it can be easy, at least for me, to lose sight of that reality and um, right now I'm going through a Bible study with girls at school through Ezra and Nehemiah and reading Ezra where, you know, they're working on rebuilding the temple and it talks about, you know, the foundation is built and the altar is rebuilt and a bunch of the men who were there who had seen the temple originally are just weeping. And you have other people who had never seen the original temple who are so excited because, you know, they're halfway through their goal. But you have all these people who are weeping and it's like, what is going on? And to really think about it that, you know, I have such a, you know, small view of the significance of the temple to the Jews because, like, God dwelt in bod well not bodily but god's presence dwell in the temple like they could see him there and as a result of their sin and rebellion he withdrew his presence like that was before the spirit was indwelling believers and so when his presence was gone it was gone and so for them to you know rebuild this temple which was awesome you know and to then see God's presence hasn't returned. So they're in that the midst of, you know, the Messiah is being um, prophesied about and, you know, oh, we have the temple back. Does that mean it's going to happen? Oh, it didn't it didn't happen yet. But, you know, here we are, you know, post cross and we have God's presence with us at we, all times. Yeah, at, at all, all times. times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, that leads very well into my favorite scripture which I would like to share if I can get on my iPhone (laughs) here it is it's Romans 8 uh, 38 which is and I just love these verses and they're what I remember you know in your darkest moments Mm -hmm. and your best moments which is for I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us Mm. from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And that's just, I just find that so reassuring that, you know, nothing, Mm -hmm. nothing can separate us from him. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's the, I mean, it's just amazing, isn't it? If we fully embrace that and realize that Nothing we do, none of our circumstances, you know, there are always things that are going to happen that we didn't expect. I mean, like at the moment in the world, it's like the coronavirus mm-hmm. and nobody, you know, or whatever it is. And when I was growing up, it was the nuclear war, you know, that was looming over mm-hmm. us. And there's always something that we don't expect, mm-hmm. but nothing can separate us. God knows it. He's there. Mm-hmm. Jesus is with us. Mm-hmm. Now, one um, 
one theme that has come up. I'm, I always love doing um, recording a full season because I'm able to, you know, have the first ear on all the conversations that yeah. have happened with the guests. And it's always so neat for me to hear themes that come up that aren't, you know, aren't things that we've, you know, manipulated to come yeah. up. They just come up in conversation. One of the things that came up several times is the concept of um, comparison and how comparison can really yeah. get, get at you. Yes. Comparison is death. Yes. It steals your joy. Yes. So I'm curious how you might be able to address that from people who it, it might be easy to say, well, you know, of course, Sally has, you know, great time in the word, like she's in ministry, her husband's a pastor of yeah. a church, of course, <laughs> that's going to come much easier for her. So how, how could you, how might you go about dispelling that just because you're closely tied to vocation, quote unquote, vocational ministry, um, that that doesn't mean barriers don't pop up? Yeah. And I mean, I think, I, I mean, basically, I've done every type of thing you could imagine. I've Worked full time. I've mm. started my own business. I've been a stay at home mom. I've been a part time stay at home mom. I've worked for church. I've, you know, like every, uh -huh. I've done all of them. Yeah. Whatever. Well, the only thing I haven't done is gone back to study, but I'd never do that. <laughs> um, There's still time. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm never going back to study. Um, <clears throat> and I think that there is um, always the illusion that somebody else's life is better, mm. that they've got it. And because. Um, you know, Mike is a visible presence and has been for many, many, mm -hmm. well, since I married him, he's an upfront guy. Um, I think people think, oh, well, you know, your family's got it sussed, you know, you must open the word and all study it together and sing praise songs mm -hmm. for four hours over breakfast. And I'm like, <clears throat> do you know the reality of our <laughs> breakfast? You know, it's like, shove something in the mouth and quickly open it, you know, like open it quickly and let's pray with you before you go out the door or in the car or on the way to school. Um, and I think there is always looking at other people's lives and seeing the picture perfect. And it's got worse mm -hmm. with social media and Pinterest and Instagram, all of which I actually love. Um, they've kept me connected with friends around the world. But... The reality is they don't show everyday life. Mm -hmm. um, and they're not meant to. Mm -hmm. And I think it's our weakness that we don't see that these are snapshots of people's lives. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of mess and chaos and, mm -hmm. you know, working stuff out in between those. And unless you walk with me closely, mm -hmm. you will never know what my life is really like. Right. So it's no good looking at someone from afar and saying, they must have it together because you've got no idea. Yeah, that's very true. So I would encourage, so really what I would say is if you look at somebody mm -hmm. and you think, oh, they've got it all together, why not get to know them? Mm -hmm. Because actually that will dispel any illusion. Well, it would if you got to know me. <laughs> any illusion of <laughs> perfection or sure. not, I, uh, idealism or, you yeah. know, mm -hmm. anything like that. Right. You'd see. So you shared um, shared the passage from Romans that you love. Is there any um, other passages that come to mind that maybe have been particularly encouraging when you've been in harder seasons? I think um, overall the Psalms. Mm -hmm. I go back to the Psalms over and over and over again. 
Um, we've had some tough seasons. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm 60. It's not, you know, it's going to happen. Um, we uh, lost a grandchild uh, five years ago, which was a really hard time. And that was inevitable. Um, he was born and lived for a week and then died. So that was our daughter's first child. Um, and the constancy of the Psalms really held me in the sense that the general theme of the Psalms is look back, talk about his faithfulness Mm -hmm. so that you can encourage the people now and in the future. Mm -hmm. Remember, remember, Mm -hmm. remember is that goes on and on and on Mm -hmm. in a wonderful way. And so I held on, I mean, and some of them are like, you know, I'm in the depth of despair and, you know, where are you? And and they're very real. Yeah. Um, and so I love the variety and the honesty of the Psalms. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that they're the things that if I'm um, in a harder place, I'll go back to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll look at those and reflect on them. Yeah. I, I love the Psalms too. Um, I was... I can't remember if I mentioned this before, but I was listening. I think it was on another podcast, and they referenced how, you know, the Psalms, I think the the time that the Psalms were written encompassed, like, a century or something, like a very oh, like, yeah, long, long span time. of time. And so you have 100-plus years of lament that's recorded in yeah. Scripture. And so, you know, people who try, you know, that think that, you know, following Christ is going to be rainbows and butterflies all the time, like, he, he – cares enough about us to include all of these laments in his words so we know that these things can mutually exist you can be crying out in pain and wanting justice but also clinging to you know knowing that he is the ultimate comforter and he is the Uh ultimate judge yeah um and And they're not mutually exclusive no and that was very clear when oliver died Mm -hmm. that we were walking in the valley Mm -hmm. but we had the hope of the future so you have to hold those two things and many people experience that you know the closeness of christ the closeness when you uh, are really suffering um emotionally but yet you're not hopeless Mm -hmm. you know your faith carries you you can hold on to that so yeah i yeah i mean so when when we as a family remember that that time, which was in you know intensely painful. We also remember it with a certain amount of um, good reflection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, as we kind of wind down, are there any any last encouragements that you would like to share with our listeners, regardless of? their season of life, their experience. Yes. Yeah. I think that don't don't beat yourself up, girls. Really, really just stop worrying about all of the things that that you uh, get anxious about mm-hmm. and the things that you get in a tizzy about. And I mean like I have to say that I I'm absolutely hopeless at remembering where any verses are in the Bible. I never can. I've tried every method possible. 
I have to I have to write them down. I have to look at them, and I'm always like, oh, it's in here somewhere. <laughs> it's in this book. It's in this book, and and I'm now totally not ashamed to go. It's in this. It's in Colossians, and I can reference this. I can find it, and this I know what it means, and I know what it says, but I don't know chapters mm-hmm. and verses which is a hard thing for me to admit because my husband has a photographic memory mm. and like rushes and goes, oh, you know, there's this and that and there's that specific. And so I just go, Mike, where is it? Or I look <laughs> on my phone. But that doesn't make me less um, grounded in the scriptures. Mm. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make me less of a Christian mm. or less of a pastor's wife. It's just that that's the way my brain is. That's mm-hmm. how I'm wired along with you know lots of other things and um, so I think just be free to experience the scriptures in the way that you were made not in the way that other people put it on you Mm, that's great well thank you so much for taking time to be with us today Sally it's been lovely (laughs) really good thank you